Hello. Yeah, Hello. Here yeah. we are. This is us. We're doing it. Um, this is Liam signing on. I'm Caleb. Signing on. Yeah. Uh, to uh, Off the Top Rock, episode four of season one. Obviously, not season two yet. Still season one. Um, listening to episode four of season two of the Worst Video of All Time. Before we get into anything, I just want to say this was a great episode. It was good. They, yeah. they did a really good job. I feel like like I mean, obviously, last episode, episode three, they were kind of they were they were tired, right? Because they this was the second episode they were recording of that night. True, yeah. Like they had fucked up one time, and then they did it again. They were walking around, they were fatigued, but they're ready. Yeah, they were, and and I, I feel this episode, they just they just went. It, I like I I when we were listening to it initially, I I I I I I, I wrote. Str- <laughs> What's going on, Leo? Um, I wrote strong start, but it wasn't just a strong start. It was a strong episode. I feel like you listen to the worst idea of all time and you wonder, like, why am I listening to these guys just talk nonsense about nonsense? And then you listen to an episode like this and you remember, because these guys... It brings you back. It brings you back. These guys are hilarious. They, like, Tim Bat, Guy Montgomery, episode four, season two. Um, Good job, guys. Yeah, Uh, good on you. Applause. Yeah, our a, t- a tip of the cap to you. Yeah, straight down the barrel. You two know what to do. <laughs> I agree. And yeah, it's just man, they're uh, doing a good job. They're yeah. doing a good job. We're happy about it. Yeah. Hey, how are you, Liam? I'm good, Caleb. What have you done in the last week since the last episode? I did a lot of stuff. Um, what what? what oh, I'm wrapping up work. Yeah. I'm gonna be done for a while. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could say that. I got I got two months and then I got a break. I can't wait for it. I'm so sick of work. I yeah. am I am done with work. I man. Yeah, I'm jobs re- are the worst. Yeah, it's it would almost be better if you could not work at all. Hey man, do you think that Guy and Tim work? Well, that's that's the question, right? Like we've talked about it. Like yeah. they 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 mention how they they left their jobs or they have part time jobs, and I mean they're really making a go at it, right? Like yeah. at this whole entertainment thing. And yeah, it's it's admirable that they're willing to do that. Like my best regards, I hope they make it. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Me too. If I if I if I lived in um uh the if I lived near them in Auckland <laughs> in Auckland, uh, I would attend their shows whenever I could if I had the extra change just yeah, to support them. If I didn't them. live in the exact opposite corner of the world, yeah, like them. it's that game where you you have the globe and you spin it and you poke a pencil through uh, Auckland to Victoria, BC, <laughs> um, other end of the pencil, either the the tip of the pencil. Yeah. That, that's what they call it, Victoria, BC. It's it's our the other name besides the 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 city of gardens. Yeah, we're the eraser to Auckland's tip of the pencil. That's right. Yeah, yeah. straight through, uh, straight line. Eye hey to man, eye. I gotta say, having such a good time recording this podcast with you. Yeah, me too. This is this is a great idea, great project. <laughs> yeah. Episode four, keep it strong. Good on keep us. Keep it fresh. Yeah, we like you know how many podcasts out there don't make it past episode two? How many? Billions. <laughs> uh, um, literally literally billions. billions every person who's who's had a voice recorder on their phone like well i'm gonna record my voice i'm just gonna make a podcast and they make two episodes no one listens so we've Doesn't reached matter. a milestone we've reached double that that's right episode four episode four one month we wow. are one month deep into the podcast that's pretty great that's pretty good i kind of uh hear guy and tim listening to watching 
They're a movie. Yeah. Recording the podcast. Yeah. They sound fucking depressed, man. Yeah. It's too bad. Like, I wish that we could be there to lift their spirits. Be like, don't worry, guys. We'll be doing a podcast reviewing your podcast and we will be having a great time. Well, that's the thing. Like, like, let them know that they are providing a service. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, like, I mean, they haven't quite touched upon it this season, but last season they were constantly about like, oh, this is such a waste of time. We could learn these Nobody's skills. Nobody's going to be listening. Nobody's going to gonna be listening. And, yeah. you know, Tim. Guy griping and just this whining. is a message for you. If you are not Tim or Guy, please take the headphones off. I'm gonna say <laughs> something personal. We'll keep them on. It'll be a touching moment. Tim, It'll be sentimental. Tim, Guy, Tim Beck, Guy Montgomery. You guys are doing great. You're, You're doing, doing great it. service You're to the country, service. to the continent, to the world, to the beautiful Commonwealth that we too are a part of. Oh, true. They do reference the Commonwealth quite a bit. This episode, especially. Hey, do you know if the Queen actually owns all the swans? Because I've heard that before. Have you really? Yeah, and I would take it at face value. I've heard the the Queen owns all the deer before, which is... that no, that's not true because no? people hunt deer. Well, do people hunt swans? Yes. No, we no. don't have swans. No, we they don't geese. hunt swans. Have you ever? Um, Canada has a goose problem. In case you don't know, have you experienced? Have you ever had a goose attack you? No, but uh, I've had them hiss at me violently. Yeah, but geese. I was at the the lake the other day and I saw a goose without a foot, and I felt really bad for it. And I remembered it was a fucking goose, and I didn't feel quite as bad for <laughs> it anymore. How was it walking around? How it was it, it was floating around, but it could only paddle with one foot. Um, Plus it was on the water. It was on the water, yeah. But it was well, all I mean, by itself. If you're gonna be a one footed goose, you might as well. That's, be that's on where you want to be. Man. Yeah. yeah. Off the top rock. Yeah. Um, 35 feet down. You just glide as a goose. You have wings. That's right. Make those 35 feet last two miles. And um, your mama probably did do that when she was pregnant <laughs> with you, but it wasn't really an issue because she also could fly. And, and it, it wouldn't really be a true pregnancy. Either. She had two feet. Um, I went to Canada's Wonderland one time, and there's geese that live in the, in the ponds there because, like, all amusement parks, there's ponds. Yeah. And the geese, I assume, just live off the concession food. <laughs> yeah. So I was sitting there eating my French fries, and there's, like, a, a, a picket, well, not a picket fence, but, like, an iron frame fence on the other side was just this family of geese, like, actually slobbering like dogs, <laughs> wanting my French fries so badly. Like, straight you have horrible necked relationships up. with geese. I, you know, geese cause lots of problems. That's They, they are gamey, they are huge, and they are yeah. mean. I, I lived in Copenhagen for four months. Yeah. And the geese were there, or the swans were there. Mm-hmm. And people were still referencing the fact that the queen owned the swans. Really? So I'm going to go with the fact that the queen owns all swans. I mean, and that's also, two I'll sources just stick right to the there. Fact that's that like you a, are just mortally opposed to geese existing. I'm not opposed to geese. I like geese are horrible. Like they are. Um, I'm trying. They geese are the mosquitoes of the bird world. Okay. Like people have problems with seagulls. I don't really have problems with seagulls. What about magpies. I think really. Well, I mean, magpies are fun because they're like it's like a literary thing. Like no one writes poems about geese. Unless you're talking about Fly Away Home, uh, the classic well, 1990s the movie. movie. Yeah, dude, heart-wrenching movie. Yeah, I never saw it. Don't clip the wings of the birds, please. Have you not seen Fly Away Home? No. It was, I feel like that's a quintessential Canadian It was one of those movies that, movie. like, as you watch the same VHSs when you're young, it was yeah. one of those movies I always saw previews for. And by always, it was probably on, like, Aladdin or Mrs. Doubtfire or something like that. We should watch Fly Away Home. Fly Away Home? 50, yeah. 52 weeks of Fly Away Home? No, just you and I. Just me and you. We snuggle up on a couch, maybe have some hot cocoa. Likely have some liquor, because that seems to be the theme when we're together, is we drink a lot. Well, it, it's uh, the social lubricant of the real world. Yeah. Um, getting back to the episode, let's talk about Deadliest Catch. 
That is a big topic that they have in this episode. Have you ever seen Deadliest Catch? No. Me neither. Um, so how can we even talk about this? Well, I'll use Deadliest, Deadliest Catch to transition to my other topic, which is movie jobs. How many rom-coms have you seen, Caleb Kramer? Well, I would say, okay, this is the thing. is like the era that I grew up in, and I know the era that you grew up in, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners have, was where you had to rent movies from Blockbuster mm-hmm. or in Canada, Rogers Video. Yeah, movie gallery. Yeah. So you had to go to a movie rental store. Silver mm-hmm. Screen Video was a big one in my hometown. And who had the real power to pick out the films but your mom? Yeah, exactly. Well, the she thing. was always the one picking them out. So evidently, every single movie that I watched as a kid, every Friday night or Saturday night, whenever you would yeah. watch a movie, because you had them for a week... Mm-hmm. It was a rom-com. Yeah. Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, You've for got sure. mail. Joe versus the volcano. Funny thing. I think my dad had a big crush on Meg Ryan. Yeah. All, and, the, all the Meg Ryan movies. Yeah, so he loves like Sleepless in Seattle. Um, what's another Meg Ryan film? I don't know. Meg Ryan 2. Uh, more <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> I feel like she's in a lot of films that were similar to like Sleepless in Seattle. Well, that's the classic one that everyone references. Like, a, like the thing that I want to talk about in, in reference to Deadliest Catch. No, I'm not done. Oh, but... sorry, uh, Caleb, continue. Over time, I realized that my mom looked a lot like Meg Ryan. <laughs> it, was, it was just like Meg Ryan twin? Or was, was it like your dad liked to see Meg Ryan and your mom liked to be Meg Ryan? Well, that's what I was wondering was like, had my dad had a huge crush on Meg Ryan. He just happened to find a Meg Ryan lookalike that kind of fit his, like... <laughs> <laughs> his prototype for a wife yeah or was it like he found my mom and then saw all these meg ryan films and was like oh i think it's her that. it's her she <laughs> did it that and yeah. she's in movies that that's great uh whichever way it happened there's a true romance for the ages yeah i'd be interested to double deeper in that uh, we'll have not your, in this podcast. We'll have your, your your dad on as a special guest. That would be amazing. The, the Meg Ryan Hour. We would grill him. Episode 12. He wouldn't understand why he was here. Yeah, what's your favorite Meg Ryan movie? Go. Me? Um, no, your dad. Oh, him. That, that'd be, that oh, was I'm a, a already getting question. off topic. So, we're talking about... Uh, I want to talk about Deadliest Catch, but I want to use Deadliest Catch as a transition to talk about movie jobs. In my experiences, experience, yeah. actors' jobs in movies... Or the jobs that the characters have are almost always completely unrealistic. Yeah. Like so many, especially rom-coms, I find it's the same thing. But like someone's job will be like a reporter or yeah. a copywriter. Or, or Hugh Grant working as a uh, travel book yeah. shop owner. Or Hugh Grant working as a jingle writer. Or yeah. just stuff like that, which I feel are just completely ludicrous Love jobs. Actually, no or music and lyrics. Mu- music and lyrics. Yeah, another one of my parents' favorite films. I hate it, music and lyrics. Yeah, also, I, I hate Love Actually. Yeah, um, both films my parents love. Really? Yeah. I, I was gonna say those are movies that I've watched also at a later cheesy age. Cheesy careers, the career choices that aren't. No, they they, they just a real they just thing. it's it's the kind it's the kind of thing where you never hear about it. So it's like they pick it. Because you don't know that much about it. But it yeah. sounds like a movie job. <laughs> like that, that category of professions that are movie jobs. Not jobs in the movies, but jobs you hear about through movies. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just like like Deadliest Catch. And like the, like what uh, Carrie Bradshaw. Being a fashion She's like a writer? fashion slash sex columnist. Which 
is a job that seems a bit more realistic, but at the same but time... But not one that would make you as much money as, it, yeah, as she apparently has. To go to, like, first-class flights to Abu Dhabi and stuff like that. Or just that. even film every season where she's living luxuriously in New York. Exactly, and she writes, like, one article every month or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and she just stresses over it. Yeah, exactly. It's farts like, no, farts they, in bed. Yeah, it's like, no, they would just... They would just shove you over and they find someone new, someone younger, someone more sassy, yeah, who, who someone can more pop productive. It out. Just they like just have do, a, do a newspaper article and an internet article every day. Two articles a day. 24 yeah. articles every couple weeks. Hey man, speaking of writing, mm-hmm. do you think you could write a better movie than Sex and the City 2? You know what? Yeah. With the same cast and characters, I think I could... Okay, so this is, this is a <laughs> hypothetical situation that we're doing. So, Liam, you have all the same characters, all the same, the same characters, cast, same, same cast, budget. Same budget. I'll even take the same setting of Abu Dhabi. Okay, but you have to convince the characters that this movie is something worthwhile doing. What would it be, and would it be better? I think it would be better. I think what my main story would focus on is... You know, so let me let me take you to a different place right now. Okay, okay American Pie, nineteen nineties classic. Okay, yeah. right? American Pie two, um, okay, whatever. American Wedding, American Pie three, right? Yeah. American Pie four, American Reunion. Did you ever see that? I don't even. I think I saw American Pie and none of the rest. Okay, I never saw the fourth one, but apparently the fourth one was really nice. Or not nice, but was quite interesting because it actually dealt with the realities of what the actors had faced, which is basically four of them, except for the main character who got a bit on uh, Orange Is the New Black, had <laughs> yeah. had become like nothings, and all yeah. they had was that the American Pie movies. So if I was to write a Sex and the City two movie, I would focus on. Like I would, I would bring in the meta aspect of the actress's life yeah. and create a movie. Like they talk about how I believe Samantha, or one of the characters, is yeah. going through menopause. I would use that idea of like menopause and growing older and losing touch. Okay. And just the idea of the movie itself as a base point for the movie. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would try to reconcile the characters with what they started as, what they become, what they're going towards, and what this random movie. That sounds like just an extended episode of a sitcom would be like. Um, I mean, movies out of TV shows are always weird. Do you ever see the Simpsons movie? No. Me neither. But the SpongeBob SquarePants movie was amazing. Was it? Yeah. So also good. never saw. Okay, so pretend that you're the person writing this film. How would mm. you pitch it to me, Carrie? <laughs> you're Carrie? Yeah, I'm Carrie. I would say write this. So what have you been doing lately, Jessica Sarah Parker? Wait. Are you asking me? Yes. Okay, so you, Liam Workman, are yeah. the producer of the film. You've come to me asking me to be in this film. Yeah, I, I'm saying, what have you done? You did that movie with with, uh, with that Judd Apatow movie with uh, one of his actors where you, you moved from the city to the, the countryside. That that bombed. No one liked that. What else are you doing? That's okay. I did Failure to Launch with Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's okay. We're, we're not talking about seven years ago. Yeah. We're talking about right now. I'm a fashion icon. I push the boundaries every day in real life. I'm wearing what people would like to wear, even when they know that they can't wear let that. Me set a, I'm let, starting let me, clothing let me, lines at Let me at set Macy's, a scene for you. At, okay, uh, let me set a scene for you. Bergdorf's. You, you, you are wearing a tutu. You yeah. are wearing a ballerina outfit. You are wearing a fur sash with it. You are eating breakfast. Your breakfast consists of two eggs and a croissant. You're eating and someone walks up to you and says, I'm sorry, I didn't know they served horse meat here. 
you reply, fuck you, and then you walk off. That's scene two. I like it. That's something that's happened in real life. That's something that I can really relate to. I can get into that character. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying Sex and the City 2 is not a sequel to Sex and the City, and it's definitely not a sequel to Sex and the City, the show. It is a movie about your real life. I like that, but how are you going to get those other bitches into this? I hate them all. I hate Samantha. I hate Carrie. I hate Miranda. I don't even think I know their actresses' names I, I, in real I, life. I do, I do believe you are Carrie. Uh, oh, man. It's just really a testament to how much that I have strayed from this movie. I don't even know the characters' names anymore. I, I hate them all. <laughs> um, what, what I would say to you in that situation, Carrie Bradshaw, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, is... You Please speak to me as Carrie. I don't want to be known as Sarah Jessica Parker anymore. I'm in, I'm definitely on board for this, okay. but I'd like you to sell this to me as Carrie. In character, Carrie, what I'm saying is that you have been with Big. You know what? You going back together with Big at the end of the season, end of the series, huge disappointment. I'm going to give you the freedom that you deserve. No, nay, I'm giving you the freedom that you deserve. Thank you. I'm giving you the freedom that needs to be brought to your character in order for her to reach her own logical endpoint. No forcing in of good morals. No forcing in of a happy ending. I want you to be you in true form. That's all I've ever wanted. And that's what I'm here to give you. Just sign this contract. I'll give you $10 million for you. Oh, that's a bargain and I accept. Gracias. It reminds me of Ty Domi, the Toronto Maple Leaf star, bargaining against the Toronto Maple Leafs for a contract. They offer him something. His agent tells him, that's lowballing. You deserve more than that. He says, no, I'll take it. So be amazing. And that's 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 what it comes from. That's that's the true spirit. That is, yeah. You don't want someone to be with you because you paid for it. Wow, Liam, you really transported me into the head of Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker and back. Don't worry. Uh, make sure to tune in next week where, once again, we transport the mind of Caleb into a character, this time of Miranda, whatever her last name is. I'm going to have to study up, but I think I can do it. You think you can do it? Yeah. I'll, I'll do my part. I'll do my research. How do you think I did with Carrie? I think you did a great job. Like, I, I didn't want to say anything. I, I was going to wait until our podcast ended. I was going to wait until I had maybe a monochrome of silence, but good job. I have, like, some verbal Ver- recognition. Verbal encouragement. That's uh, recorded so Record that I can play it back. Into, into the interior of time. Into the, yeah. the long-lasting straight line of all existence yeah uh, good job caleb maybe next time i'll do the voice i didn't really change my voice at all but that's okay voices are nothing oh. hey speaking of getting into a character see um what do you think about wiley we're going back to him hey that's right uh episode episode four uh colon two uh talking about the extensive grown-ups two theory that i have developed about what's going on um, let's go into Wiley. So, uh, in case you missed the last episode, or maybe you don't remember what we talked about. Um, I just want to bring to mind that Grown Ups 2 has an extensive backstory and history that I feel Guy and Tim don't really touch on. Moving into the character of Wiley, um, he is played by Steve Buscemi, obviously, but as Grown Ups 2 is a fictional world, yeah. Steve Buscemi's role in it is kind of, it doesn't matter because Steve Buscemi does not exist in the world of Grown Ups 2. Exactly. The, 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 what I want to start with is Wiley is a driving instructor who is teaching Chris Rock's son how to drive, or not teaching him, rather testing him to see if he gets his license. Yeah. Now, the first point I want to start with is Chris Rock and Steve Buscemi have an exchange about saying, how are we feeling, blah, blah, blah. 
like, oh, I only have 20% feeling, blow my shoulders, that sort of stuff that you, we've all heard before. Yeah. And I want to say that... And Guy and Tim debate of how that happened. Exactly. And, and I'm not going to focus on that because that is their thing and I'm not yeah. going to leech from that. But what I want to talk about is that Chris Rock has his driving's li- driver's license. What's more, Chris Rock drives a large van as part of his job. True, as an electrician. Exactly. Well, he's a cable installer, actually. Um, cable man. Cable man. Yeah. But and as he reverses from where he's being taught or where his son is being taught, he almost causes a car accident and drives away. Steve Buscemi says nothing. No one says anything. That's strange, isn't it? It is, yeah. Moving Especially to... as someone who deals with that. Exactly, as someone who teaches that and someone whose job it is to drive around in that giant van. Step two, Steve Buscemi is with Chris Rock's son in the car. The frat boys stop by, recognize Chris Rock's son, give him a beer. And Steve Buscemi says, you're driving drunk, one demerit, which, I mean, begs the question, like, if this was a, if this was in our world, what I, what I would call world one, yeah, um, and that was happening, that would be an automatic failure, showing up to your driving test drunk. True. Or someone throws you a beer and you accept it and you open it. Exactly. If you're dri- as a driving instructor, that's like a big no-no. Exactly. It's more than a big no-no. Um, step three. Or not step three, but but factor three, uh, Steve Buscemi Chris, and Chris Rock's son end up at a car wash and in the middle of their driving test. And he's just like, well, no, we're doing a driving test, but not really. That happens off, off scene. On scene, we see them celebrate the car wash. Indeed, Steve Buscemi is drinking aforementioned beer while being, having the car True. washed by sexy ladies. It's a fully adulterous scene, especially considering that he is, number one, married. Exactly. Number two, a professional in the in terms of driving instructors. Yeah. And that he wants to keep his career. Exactly. That's the thing. But it, he's letting this go on camera. Exactly. It is It is a recorded event. And what's more, the cops are there watching them. True. As well as... Shaq is there getting washed down. He's He is as clean as possible. He has clear vision. By he's Peter Dante. D- <laughs> exactly. Rubbing his nipples. He is looking directly at Steve Buscemi, drinking, being adulterous, just all over like creating a bad example for the kid that he's trying to he's currently teaching to drive exactly driving and instead of doing that they are getting a car wash step four i would like to bring up as you mentioned his wife is steve buscemi an idiot yes or no Uh, am i being his wife no no it's your answer we're done role playing no we're not role playing at all is steve buscemi idiot yes or no for being in this movie no answer is no okay great Oh, I um, thought you were asking me a no, question. No, no, no. Yeah, is Wiley idiot? Wiley to me seems about as confident as anyone else in this movie. Yeah. How does he miss that his wife is so obsessed with Adam Sandler? <sighs> Lenny Fader. Because he does so many things to distract himself. I feel like he knows it deep down inside, but he does all these things to distract himself. He uh, he walks around following mm-hmm. this crew around, just being openly insulted. Mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of just like distracts him from that. He walks around the grocery store, as Guy says, fingering, fingering, fingering mayonnaise. mayonnaise. That's, That's right. kind of his own thing, his own like rebuttal against this. Mm-hmm. Um, completely disregards the opinion of his wife. Yeah. When they show up to the party, he she kind of openly confesses her love, and instead of behaving like instead of having a reaction, yeah, he just acts like. Oh, the guy with the big clock. Yeah, exactly. What's Wait, his name? Uh, Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Yeah. And he does something that is completely out of character. So, 
what I will say is just like in the previous episode, I will end this segment as we come to the end of it with a couple yeah. questions. Uh, let me let me ask you, Caleb, and just give me the first answer. If you were taking a driving test, what would give you one demerit? I mean, maybe seeing your friend in a car beside you, waving to them, and and doing so, like like a, a bit of distracted driving, but that's yeah, it, right? It really like not a, not a big deal. Much. Like it, no, maybe pulling out into a highway without shoulder checking. Yeah, something dangerous, something that takes your mind off the road. So that's 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 what I'm gonna say. Like the the in <coughs> the Grown Ups Two universe, the equivalent of drunk driving, yeah, is not shoulder checking when you make a switch in a lane. What is it? That's what it is. In and the like taking a driving test it's not as important as getting a car washed by sexy ladies and seeing a cop have his nipples washed by his partners and having your wife uh profess her love for another man who she has loved for the last 20 30 40 years yeah it's not as important as maintaining character these are things these are rules that wiley who is not an idiot, as, we, as we've introduced. He is yeah. as confident, if not more confident, than anyone else. These are things that he holds true to his being, and as such, we can, we can infer are true to the idea of the Grown Ups 2 universe. Interesting. And I like where you're going with it. Thank you. Uh, next episode, uh, I, will, I will transition from the major character, or major minor character, Wily, to the character of the yoga instructor. And we will discuss what his choices and what he says informs the rest of the universe uh but moving away from grown-ups too and back to sex yeah, in the city well, let's too get back to it um i i just want to talk about the the location cast of abu dhabi okay um was it the right choice like the location itself yeah i mean i don't see why not the thing that i wanted to bring up is that i still don't understand the plot of the movie i don't understand all, why all i know there. is there's a tv involved in the bedroom, yeah. and then there's a movie being shot I'm gonna say in Abu that, Dhabi. I'm going to say that, yes, it is the right location, just because they've obviously, obviously thrown millions of dollars at this film. Mm-hmm. Where better to spend it than just the most opulent capital the most expensive of the world? Place in the world. It is so expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I work today, the Abu Dhabi came into conversation, and I enjoyed it greatly. Yeah. This is Dubai. Fuck, I can't remember. But there's a seven-star hotel in the world. Yeah. Gold one. stars. Seven gold stars. There's one. One. Do you know if it's in Dubai or Abu Dhabi? I'd assume Abu Dhabi, but I'm not sure. Like, well, when, whenever I think of Abu Dhabi, I just think of yeah. a Mission Impossible. Okay, uh, right, where he climbs a massive Did you ever tower. see that? I saw the Mission Impossible where Tom Cruise is climbing. Yeah, that's, that's the latest story. one. That was Mission Impossible 4. 4. Do you know that he actually did that? Yeah, I do, because I saw lots of scenes where he did it, and I just thought, fuck, that's insane. Yeah. Why? It's like Tom Cruise has got something to prove. It's, it's like well, his that's height. That's the thing. Like, like his height also is, hasn't been enough. And <laughs> in, in his other movies, like, Tom Cruise has done similar things. Like, I know um, whenever it shows Tom Cruise riding a motorcycle without a helmet on, that is Tom Cruise. And that is part of his contract, as he says he has that, to do yeah. that. Um, as someone who has engaged in the art and act of rock climbing multiple times, <laughs> yeah. to see someone climbing a building like that, it it was it's insanity. It is it was the most one of the most intense experiences I've ever had in a theater. Man, congratulations! Yeah, it's just like like freezing up, like like being fifteen feet off the ground without a rope is hard to deal with. I can't imagine. Like, I mean, he had a rope, obviously. But man, being that high above is... It's something. It's something. 
obviously Sex and the City 2 has nothing like that because it's a piece of yeah. shit. It <laughs> what I was gonna say onto, though, uh, celluloid. What I was going to say, though, is the uh, reason Abu Dhabi came up is a man was buying a bottle of wine. It's this $15 <laughs> bottle of Spanish wine called Vino Tinto. Yeah. Which literally translate in Spanish to red wine. <laughs> and he said, you know, there's an there's a seven-star hotel in Abu Dhabi. It's the only seven-star hotel in the world. This is how you know he's classy for buying this red yeah, wine. Yeah, and he said, and they serve a host wine at the restaurant. And guess what wine it is? And I said, I can't guess. It's this wine, Vino Tinto. And I said, okay. He's like, it's good only, job. Yeah, he said it's only fifteen bucks here, and he looked at me, and I just said, "How much is it in Abu Dhabi?" And he said, "I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but it must be expensive because it's a seven-star hotel." And I was like, "Okay." And then I thought this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. But then like three or four other people came up to me and said the same thing. You know, there's a seven-star hotel in Abu Dhabi <laughs> that serves this wine? And I was like, yes, I've heard. It must have been like but a story. I cannot story. believe that. It must have been some sort of Canadian story that just they're broadcasting that's... this. And it's not true at no, all. That, that's... I bet they use this wine to, like, wash, I don't know, to, like, the braise urinals. a duck or something. Yeah, the urinal cakes are soaked in this yeah. wine or something. Like, it cannot be served uh, in the sh- seven-star shout hotel. Out, shout out to uh, our favorite Twitter account, at Globe and Mail. <laughs> <laughs> at at Times Columnist Victoria, <laughs> they definitely reported on this. Oh, it's, it's, I just thought it was such a good comparison to the fact that these girls are going to Abu Dhabi, experiencing the opulent wealth. Yeah, when ultimately it's all worthless. No, exactly. No it's, one it's, gives it's a nothing. shit. Yeah, exactly. It's Abu Dhabi is a city made of Lamborghinis and gold, but like yeah. in the middle, like nothing. with nothing in it. Yeah, and that kind of resonated with me when these people were talking about how they served Vino Tinto <laughs> the most... in the seven-star restaurant as the host wine. I mean, I don't want to discredit Abu Dhabi as a city. I more just want to discredit this movie as just being an absolute a... flaming piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. This, this movie seems to exist for no reason except they were like, well, let's let's film it in the most expensive place. So that we can pay our everyone involved the most expensive, or the, pay them the most we can. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. Like, can you feel bad? Like, if you watch a really cheap movie, like not a super cheap, but like a movie that costs thirty million to make and it makes three hundred million, and all that extra revenue goes towards the studios. Yeah. Or a movie such as Grown Ups Two costs ninety million to make, makes two hundred million, but that ninety million goes towards people actually working on the film. What do you feel better about? I mean, I guess you got to really look into the Hollywood accounting. Yeah, that's the thing, which is a, a common topic on the podcast. And whether you like the, you would rather go to the people who are working on the film or. But I don't know. I mean, who's working on the Sex and the City you, two film? I, I I think I might be wrong, but I'm not going to consult the internet. I believe none of the Star Wars movies ever made any money. Well, that's what Tim says. Yeah. Yeah, it's like technically they never made a profit because of the the, the accounting. Which, yeah. like, I mean, there's that urban, there's that story that goes around that like for the first Matrix, it won the Oscar for technical effects, and Keanu Reeves bought everyone who worked on the technical effects uh, team a motorcycle because they didn't get paid anything, and he got paid like eighty million. That's funny. He should have just given them the money. No, motorcycles are more fun, Caleb. Ah, oh, that's he that's probably bad. got a bulk rating. He went to Costco and got fifty <laughs> motorcycles. Um, Keanu Reeves seems like a nice guy. 
Yeah, let's end it on that, man. Yeah, okay. Keanu Reeves, nice guy. Nice guy, number one. This is Liam saying, Suicide 35 off the top rock, 35 feet above the water. My mama did that jump when she was pregnant with me. And I guess this is Caleb saying, Don't watch Grown Ups 2. Don't watch Sex in the City 2. Watch Grown Ups 2. Listen to The Worst Idea of All Time with Tim, Mon- Tim Bett, Guy Montgomery. And maybe a special guest. I don't and know. And maybe a special guest. They're amazing. And this is Suicide 35 off the top rock, 35 feet above the water. My mama did that jump when she was pregnant with me. Feel free to follow us uh, at Liam Workman 3 on Instagram. And at Chucky Kramer on Instagram. And on Twitter at Suicide 35. No, at off the top rock. Are you sure about that? Yes. At Suicide 35 is our SoundCloud account. Okay. Signing off. Signing off.